Hello and welcome back to WestBankBibleChurch.com. I am Dave. Pastor Merritt is still on the mend, so it'll be just me today. But before we begin with Daniel lesson number 35, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Dearly Father, we come to you today asking a special blessing on Pastor Merritt to have a full recovery, and we ask you to bless this lesson I'm about to present, and as Pastor Merritt would say, make it real. We use 1 John 1, 9 to name back our sins so we can be receptive to the word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Daniel Lesson 35. Last week, I began an analysis of Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3. Time ran out. I was in the process of teaching the doctrine of wealth. I'll give you a brief summary of the scripture, and that's Daniel chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Chaldean Empire, constructed an image of solid gold. The tall and skinny statue was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. This image was erected in a large open area located just outside the city of Babylon in the plain of Dura, an area normally used for military and equestrian games. Nebuchadnezzar sent couriers to every province commanding that all princes and political rulers Governors, the provincial military commanders, captains, division commanders, judges, equivalent to provincial chief justice, treasurers, the CFO of each province, counselors, prosecuting attorneys, sheriffs, district court judges, and all the rulers of the provinces, the subordinate administrators, come to the dedication. The ostentatious entourages arrived from both the near and far provinces. In a display of great splendor on a day ordered by the king, they all assembled in the plain for the dedication ceremony. Each man with his subordinates was required to stand before the image. If you'd like to review more of what was taught last week, you can continue on down to the bottom of page two, if you're following along in the outline. Before continuing our study of Daniel chapter three, let's quickly review the doctrine of the poor. Scripture provides insight into what causes poverty. You know, we looked at wealth. Now we're looking at poverty. In these verses, you will find numerous uses of the English word sluggard or slothful, this is the atzel in the Hebrew. The word means idle, habitually lazy, lethargic, lean, or indolent. A failure to work and save for the future, Proverbs 6. Verse 6 through 11, they read, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. 
yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. The sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Proverbs 19.15 Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless man goes hungry. Wickedness, or evil, we call it reversionism. As a general rule, God makes it tough on people who are negative toward him. Proverbs 10.3 The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Proverbs 28.20 20, A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. A drunkard or a glutton will experience poverty. Proverbs 23, verse 20 and 21. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Being industrious is a means of avoiding poverty. Foolish people pursuing impractical fantasies also make for poverty. Proverbs 28:19. He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A slothful man is lazy and as a result is often poor. Proverbs 19:24. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish he will not even bring it back to his mouth. This would seem to be a good description of many on our welfare rolls today. The indolent in the Old Testament economy were often lazy, and as a result, they ended up as slaves. Proverbs twelve twenty four: Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slave labor. The habitual lazy are often wasteful. Proverbs 12, 27. The lazy man does not roast his game, but the diligent man prizes his possession. There is a great difference between the life of the habitually lazy man and the life of the energetic man. Proverbs fifteen nineteen, The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns but the path of the upright is a highway. The slothful person will suffer hunger. Proverbs 19.15 Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless man goes hungry. The person who seeks a fast profit will often find poverty. The same is true for the miser. Proverbs 28.22 a stingy man is eager to get rich and is unaware 
that poverty awaits him. Second Chronicles 9, 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And ever whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Matthew 3.10 Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. No matter how hard we try to eliminate poverty, these efforts will prove futile. The poor will always be with us. In the July 27, 1998 issue of Newsweek, there appeared an article entitled, The Faces of Famine, which describes a world and its dilemma of pervasive poverty. I will read in part. Here we go again. Skeletal, starving Africans are back in the news, this time from Sudan, a communist country at war with itself. If you are moved, and you'd have to be heartless not to be, operators are standing by to take your check. If you have any doubts that your contributions will really help, the charities will assure you that food will reach these victims quickly and save their lives at least until the next famine. Now you can change the channel with the warm feeling that you have done what you can to fight hunger. I feel like reaching for my checkbook when I see the photographs, but I know better. After spending nearly 20 years in Africa as an aid worker and journalist, I know that fighting hunger is anything but simple. And I have learned that any donation I might make may, in fact, ensure that next year I will see fresh photographs of starving people. This does not mean that we should refuse to perform what God commands with reference to assisting those less fortunate. As we will see later, God does provide certain mandates with reference to assistance. Deuteronomy 15.11 there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land. Matthew twenty-six eleven. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. Jesus' prediction of pervasive and everlasting poverty was part of a rebuke to the world's greatest liberal. Judas Iscariot. John chapter 12, verse 4 through 6. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Judas was like many do-gooders, loved the masses, but hated the individual. Judas, like so many do-gooders, today knew better as to what should be done with your money. Boy, ain't that the truth. It is the Lord who makes the poor and the rich. 
Therefore, it is he who can eradicate poverty as well as bestow affluence. 1 Samuel 2.7 The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. Psalms 113.7 He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. Psalm 75.6 No one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt a man. Psalm 75.7 but it is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. Charity for the truly destitute is a bona fide function for establishment. Proverbs 29.14 If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will always be secure. Exodus 23.11 But during the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it, and the wild animals may eat what they leave. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. Leviticus 19, verse 9 and 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. The tithe paid to the national treasury every third year went to fund a designation designated for the Levite priest and the truly poor of the land. Deuteronomy fourteen twenty-eight and 29. At the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns, so that the Levites, who have no allotted or inheritance of their own, and the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands." There is no authorization in Scripture for assisting the poor in other lands. Internationalism is always evil. There is one exception. We are to evangelize the entire world. However, each national entity is responsible for what occurs within their national borders. There is a special blessing for those who help the poor. Proverbs 22.9 a generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Psalms 41, 1 and 2. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. The Lord will protect him and preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the, de to the desire of his foes. There is not only establishment responsibilities to assist the destitute, but individual citizens are also to assist those in need. There is a special discipline for those who ignore the needs of the poor. Proverbs 21.13 If a man shuts his ear to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. 
Through poverty, many unbelievers see their need for salvation. Mark chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The poor are fortunate in one sense, for they avoid superficial pseudo-friendships which come from having wealth. Wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friend desert him. The poor are often the target for hypocrisy. James chapter 2, verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. The poor should in the local church have the same spiritual privileges as the wealthy. James chapter 2, verse 2, 3, and 4. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become, become judges with evil thoughts? As the church age evolved, we find the epistles instructing believers with reference to the poor as follows. We are to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. We are to never think about revolution or disobeying authority. When government exceeds its authority and eschews establishment principles, we are to heed their mandates. Even if the government steals from the rich by requiring more than a 10% across the board income tax and foolishly throws money at every problem, including the eradication of some other country's poverty or going into outer space to try to find out how the earth was created. The epistles seem to demand that each local church address poverty. It is, however, matter uniquely the province of individuals within a local church. For example, benevolent funds were to be established within each local church to care for their indigent. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3 through 7. Give a proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren or nephews, these should learn first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. The widow, who is really in need and left all alone, puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. But the widow who lives for pleasure is dead even while she lives. Give the people these instructions, two, so that no one may be open to blame. 
James chapter 1, verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It should be noted, all of the assistance was based on a free will offering without pressure. Never do we find instruction to help those who can and will not work. In fact, quite the contrary. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of him. Do not associate with him in order that he may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. In summary, Let's look at a problem passage and apply what we have learned. Acts 4, verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. Okay, that concludes lesson number 35 in the book of Daniel. As always, I sure am glad to have you here. I would be even more pleased to have Pastor Merritt here with me to present this lesson. These are his words. I'm just giving them to you. Uh, those words were inspired through study and prayer. And he spent a long time doing a wonderful job of presenting the word of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words and the scripture made available to us and offered today and tomorrow and beyond. We thank you for eternity past and all the many blessings you've bestowed upon us. We ask a special blessing for Pastor Merritt and those in need. Let's remember the poor. If anyone's out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, remember, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And until next time, so long.